Hello, hello, hello. 6 a.m. run community um, coming at you today. It's a Tuesday for me. I know we've been really publishing about three or four podcasts a week. So I really, as, as always, an, another podcast, another chance for me to thank you and start this episode out with gratitude. And thank you guys for allowing me to be a podcast host and giving you guys some of this cool content. Really, let me get right to it. Really excited for this guest I'm about to introduce to you. Helena Lucia is our guest today. Helena, please take it away and tell us, you know, we just talked in the pre-call. I should have gone over the name. It's the one thing I sometimes forget in the pre-call, but tell us, and I kind of told you, you have a show and you bring a really cool approach to people kind of finding their way. Can we introduce you, tell people who you are and how you got into what you're, what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. First of all, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I'm really grateful for you reaching out to me and connecting. And it's just a privilege. I love to be exposed to other people's audiences and the running community seems like a fabulous place to connect. So thank you so much. No, thank you for your time. Your time is valuable as well. So we, our audience, and you'll see our audience is extremely grateful for you. Thank you so much. So my company was born out of the pandemic. Uh, It's called Sisu Journey. Sisu is a Finnish word that means resilience in the face of extreme adversity. And it really um, helps define my life. And the podcast was created as a kind of from the perspective of recognizing that the reason why we're so polarized is because we don't get to hear each other's stories. We don't know what other people are going through. And so it's really easy to, you know, dehumanize them. So the goal was really to find a lot of people from diverse backgrounds, from different parts of the world, different ages, different experiences, and give them a platform to come tell their story without an agenda, just a safe container. Hey, what worked for you? What do you wish you had known? What did you learn from your you know, adversity? And really, we've had just some incredible stories on the show. Wow. Can you share with us one of Triumph that just is like, wow, like what someone went through that you'd think our audience would love to, one of the stories, you know, that you just wouldn't mind sharing and and who that was about? Absolutely. One that just popped into my mind was a story of a young girl who actually experienced a violent murder in her home when she was 12 years old. And she went through amount of therapy and just really didn't get to it until she discovered art and art was really the thing that pulled her into the present moment. And so it's just a good example. And and that story is called Ashley or her name is Ashley. I don't remember which episode it is, but I'm sure that I think it's the only Ashley I've recorded so far. And it just kind of illustrates how different things work for different people, even at different times in their life. And so there's no one size fits all to this life that we're living and just being touched by some people's stories. You know, I've talked to different people in LGBTQ. I talked to one woman who was actually from um, the Middle East, but her story was so parallel to mine. So I grew up in an extreme religion. She grew up in atheism, but our stories really correlated. So it kind of helps demonstrate how we're all interconnected. Wow. I love that. And that one is called Nas. And that was my latest episode. And it's a two-parter. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I love hearing that. Let's go back to you. Um, One of the things and, you know, in your bio, burnout. 
I was really intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, I feel like the words of the past decade, I know we're 2022, mm-hmm. so even though it sounds crazy saying the past decade, I feel like the past, like to your point on the pandemic, I feel like 2020 to now, these Has two years- It's been a decade, been a little bit of a blur. (laughs) But in talking, I think since about 2010, I'll say though, definitely burnout and anxiety have been two words. I I don't want, they're not overused, but they've been the words in my mind that have heightened over Mm -hmm. the last decade, burnout and anxiety. To me, those are Mm -hmm. the two. You talk about burnout. One of the things your bio talks about is the root of a burnout. Do people sometimes not know they're burned out? I'd love your take on burnouts, please. Yes. So yes, they don't know they're burned out because in my mind, in my philosophy, granted, you know, for what it's worth, is that the reason why we are burned out is because we are trying to live a life that's prescribed by others. So in our society, from a very young age, we start telling kids, oh, they're tired, they're hungry. We start reframing their experience, you know, in whatever we want them to form Mm -hmm. into. And so then there's this invisible checklist. You have to get married. You have to do this. You have to go through these steps in order to be successful or write a career thing. And so a lot of times, well, most of the time, people haven't been taught how to connect into their own body in order to figure out what they're meant to do. And the reality of, you know, learning nervous system science is that 80% of the messages of your autonomic nervous system are going from your body to your brain and only 20% are going from brain to body. So we're constantly trying to override what's going on, the wisdom that's found in our body with what we've been told, what we're prescribed to do. What, and that's why the pandemic was so powerful because it kind of created a pause in all of that. And people were like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, wait, do I actually want to be commuting four hours a day? No, nah, that's not for me. And so you've created this in, you know, like, oh, I guess I don't have to go to this event. That's just like something that's going to drain me and take away all my energy. And so I think that that's the power of burnout is like, you get so disconnected, disconnected, disconnected that in some cases, you don't no longer know what you like to eat, what you like to drink, what your favorite color is, what you want to be doing for fun. And so, yeah, it's a series of disconnection. And that's why the medicine then is learning to return to the body. And that's why I've created the methodology that I talk about, which is called space, which helps you start returning to the body and really start reconnecting. And that's the power of running as well, right? Is that idea of getting into that flow state, then you can start asking the questions like, what do I like? Who am I? What do I want to be doing while I'm here? Talk about that too. And by the way, this is something we can talk about because I even want to learn this. Are you of the mindset that let's try other resources before we, let's say, go to Xanax or medication? Is that something? Are you looking to see if holistic approaches can also be applied first? Well, I am like against any one size fits all. So Mm. I really feel like if you're having, let's say postpartum depression or some type of situational thing, and you decide to go down the medicated path, I am in favor of that. But I also think that the therapeutic path and the self-knowledge path is a really important piece of it. And so Mm. if you're going to be using the medicated path, absolutely. But yes, also work on figuring out who is Hami, what is going on below yeah, no, no. From, from the weight, from the neck down. Absolutely. Awesome. And, and, but, but that's what I'm saying. I think like too, 
I'm with you. Like if there's a window where you can try something or change up something or eliminate talking about burnout, right? Like if something postpartum, I I will say that for example, is for sure a real thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was a real thing till I had my first child and I just saw a mom, you know, is going through so much bodies changing, hormones are changing. Then you're given a life, especially if you're first time mom. And it's like, here, take care of this. And I always talk about, it's funny, uh, an example I use with humans too. We are, there's no question. We are like the smartest creatures in the world. Right. But think about it. If I laid a puppy and a human baby in the woods, Mm-hmm. Who's got a better chance of surviving? Yeah. Right? Puppies can live for sure. Yeah. Because the, as crazy as it sounds that we are the most evolved and we are the top mm-hmm. species, right. but our babies right. can't fend for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas a puppy can roam around, eat, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy right. to think that way. So with that said, so yeah, then you're like, oh, here, here's a life. Now take it home from the hospital three days later and right. you know, you're on your own. So there's so many, and then let's talk about, we talked about burnout. It's very similar. That's why I just said, it's very yeah. similar to that kind of like anxiety terminology. Yeah. And to your point about Xanax too, and things like where we're like just curbing the anxiety, curbing the anxiety, curbing the anxiety, you know, emotions want to move through us. And so instead of saying like, I'm anxious, I encourage people to say like, anxiety is with me. It's moving through me. And when we use things like alcohol, like, you know, drugs, whether they're prescribed or whether they're, you know, self-medicated, we just kind of push off that ability. So it's like a a balloon that kind of builds up and then, you know, and so we we're always still holding that pressure in. Whereas if you can learn ways to move that anxiety through you, that's and regulate the nervous system. That's why I think the nervous system is such an important critical piece of this. Like, why aren't we teaching children how to regulate their nervous system? Why aren't we teaching this stuff in like kindergarten and first grade? It's just so mind-boggling. Absolutely. Kind of going back here, we talked a little bit mindset on future money. One of the things here I I love, by the way, your bullets in your bio, they're so such topics I want to discuss with you for our audience. Mm -hmm. Do you think people prioritize money way too high on their list of importance? I think their focus may be in the wrong place on money. The interesting thing about money is like, I use the analogy of the water cycle. So there's like, you need rain coming in, right? So you need to be earning or receiving money in some way. And that part needs to be unstuck. We focus on that a lot. We need to be able to like the water table holds water inside the earth. And like, if it doesn't, it gets, you know, pretty dry and things get, you know, we get start wildfires and things like that. So like, we need to be able to hold money and people who hold money, even people who hold money, like way too tight, like they can't, spend without a cold sweat, they tend to think of themselves as being, quote, good with money. But the reality is money also needs to flow through into like building life and bringing creative solutions for the world, you know. And so the people who spend freely kind of are considered the ones who are bad with money, but that might be the best problem to have out of the three, right? Right. So it's like, it's anywhere there's a block in any of that water cycle, the energy cycle of money is the issue. And so if we're focusing only on creating more money, manifesting more money, earning more money, we still can have blocks in the other part of the pipeline. Wow. 
No, I, I love that. And and I think too, you know, like I said, you like you said, look, does does money need to be there so you can pay bills and things like that? I think that as long as you kind of keep most of your core values kind of together, mm-hmm. you might not be like rich on paper per se, but I think you can be happy, right? As long as yeah. you live life by certain codes and values and say, look, my kids will be this, my family will be happy and we'll do X amount of family time. You know, I'm a big proponent on sometimes, you know what, like, don't stress yourself too much. Now, listen, I don't Mm -hmm. want anyone ever go homeless or suffer, but sometimes, you know, I I say to Rob Peter to pay Paul kind of thing. Like sometimes if the electric bills got to get skipped, so the mortgage gets paid, then you do that. You, you make sacrifices, but -hmm. you also don't let it completely consume you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is like, let's change our viewpoint on how we think of about this. Instead of doing a budget, which is always kind of a scarcity mindset, let's do an intentional spending plan. And let's say, how much of our money do we want to be going into supporting artists, supporting creativity, building creative solutions in the world? Let's talk about how much we want to be doing, you know. And then, like you said, sometimes we have to make these different sacrifices. Let's think about debt as universal support. You needed something, you know, whether or not that was something that like should be needed or whatever, like without judgment, let's just say like the universe had the money for you. And so now you're with gratitude paying it back. Like, let's take away some of the really strong emotional energy that we have around some of these things and reframe it so that we're doing everything that we are relating to with money, with gratitude. And so then it doesn't really matter if you're the, you know, the world's foremost billionaire or if you're digging through your your coins to to pay for gas, you can have that creative relationship with money. I want to go back to, let me ask you a question. And you're mm-hmm. actually a perfect person to ask this question for people in the, um, they didn't hear the pre-call, but let's also say, state, you are a Minnesota resident. Am I correct? Oh, no, I'm in, I'm in Washington now. I grew up okay, in Minnesota. Okay. You grew up, oh, no, no, this is fine. So you're a former Minnesota resident. Now you're in, in Washington on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. What about, let me ask you this question. One of the things I've always said, and I've, I've visited there, you're kind of closer on the West Coast, a little bit closer than I am now. I do feel like what I love about like Floridians and California residents, I think like the warmer weather plays mm-hmm. such a factor in their psyche, right? Mm-hmm. I can't prove this, but like, I actually give Minnesotians, is that the word? Minnesotans. Minnesotans some credit because for what they do go through, they are very nice people. I think sometimes it's also the Canadian vibe that maybe rubbed off on them. Hmm. But talk to me about your thoughts on topical, if that's the word I'm looking for, situations. I feel like weather, and now that we're kind of coming out of winter, most of the country and getting into spring, I feel like you're going to see, and the fact that maybe COVID's over, I feel like you're going to see so many people right now just ready to be in a good mood. Am I crazy for saying that? No, I think that weather does definitely impact the mood. If you could see my space here, I have a happy light off to the right side Uh that I use during the winter time to support my mood. My partner also really struggles with, you know, seasonal affective part. And so one of the things in Minnesota is, yeah, it's freaking cold, but it also is sunny during the winter. So I do think that that helps support, like the brightness helps Mm -hmm. support people. But yeah, I mean, springtime, it's time for expanding. We just had the equinox, days are getting longer, ideas are getting generated just Mm -hmm. as a collective, the energy is very creative. And, and yes, I do think that, you know, the COVID pandemic kind of hopefully being 
in the rear view will help, but I do think it'll take us a little while to like recalibrate and say, okay, yeah, that's all right to go into crowds of people again. Oh, no, I, yeah, no, I think slowly. And I think too, some things are going to change. I think kind of, uh, I'll say this too, but this is again, two people's look, people have to feel, here's my thing. People individually have to feel safe, right? I am not, listen, if someone wants to wear a mask in a store, go for it. Yes. Listen, if you feel safe, I'm not one that's going to be offended. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think too, and not, I use that as an example in anything, Mm -hmm. right? right? If you need to wear a certain type of clothing, if you need to wear a certain type of shoe, it's, it's no different, right? I think people, what I'm not, and I think most of people are are hopefully like me, whatever you got to do. So you feel good and you feel safe Mm -hmm. and whatever you believe or prescribe to by all means, that's good. So I think, like I said, what I was just saying is I think you just might see more people and I've seen it by the way, a lot of mask mandates are lifted where I'm at. So many people still want to, and and by, by all means go for it. So let's also switch a little bit of gears. We talked about space. We talked about anxiety and burnout. What about like, I want to say if if you maybe, and if this is not the right question, but let me ask when these things affect friendships and relationships, is there anything else to do to make up for it? Like if you think because of a burnout or because of anxiety, maybe your wife, spouse, partner, you you've affected a relationship with your children. I'm a husband and a dad. I'm a son too. So like when relationships get affected, does that methodology still work as well? Yes. And let me tell you a little bit about the space methodology. Space is an acronym. So it starts with S. So space, the first S in space is creating your own space, creating a sacred space in the morning and at Mm -hmm. night. I don't know if you know this about the brainwaves, but like by the time, an hour before bed and an hour upon waking, our brainwaves are at the slowest that they're going to be for the day. So that's really when we need to give our subconscious mind space away from anything that might validate its fears, anything like social media, email, news, anything that's going to be like hard on the subconscious, anything you can't control, any movies maybe you haven't seen yet, all of that stuff. So I like really clearing off space in your calendar so that you can start paying attention, which is the P, to what's going on in your body. And the paying attention, I think, really is supportive to that, those relationships. Because as we start paying attention to the things that are taking energy away from us, we can also look towards the things that are putting energy into us, that are creating this energetic feedback loop. Maybe some of your relationships aren't giving you positive energy and you need to create a little space from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, but maybe some of them, like you're saying with your kids are being neglected because of the energy that you're putting into some of these other relationships. So you can see how that creating a space in your schedule, creating space, creating digital space in your life, creating that sacred space in the morning. And at the end of the day can start putting that fuel into creating energy. Then the A is for accessing assistance, anything that helps support your nervous system, any tools that you use meditation, self-compassion, whatever tools that you use to help you start regulating. And Mm -hmm. then C is for creating your dream identity. That's where you start thinking about what do I want to be doing? Not what have I been told? Not who have I been told who I am? Who, what has my 
subconscious been programmed, but like, what do I want to do with my life? Who am I envious of? Envy is a really powerful, instructive Mm -hmm. emotion that can help us say like, why am I telling myself, no, I can't speak on stages or no, I can't do this thing or no, this person is better than me. This person is actually showing me that there's a way to do that thing. And I can move into that space. It's actually one of the reasons why I created my own podcast because I had been telling myself, oh, there's too many podcasts. There's so many podcasts out there. Nobody needs another podcast, right? And there are, but how many podcasts have come online since my podcast has been going for a year? So yes, there are a lot of podcasts and yes, there are still space for more, right? And then E is just finding three little ways to embody that dream identity every day. And embodying might be a big thing and it might be a small thing. It might be actually closing off a relationship or it might be replying to an email that makes you uncomfortable, right? So it's just Mm -hmm. that space, that whole process of space, I believe really does help start repairing those relationships, the relationships that need to be repaired. Mm -hmm. And some relationships don't get that. You find out that they're not for you, right? They're not serving you. Oh, I think, yeah, toxicity and people that just, you know, I think it's tough, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like you want to be there for people, but there's just always going to be people, I think, that are going to kind of drain and need mm-hmm. more out of you. Right. So I was watching another podcast last night and a gentleman who had experienced, uh, you know, a death. He said his friends got to the point where they had to tell him, like, listen, we've given you all we can, but mm-hmm. now kind of like we need you to go get real help right Mm -hmm. like we want it like and he was like that was you at first you're kind of like wait my friends don't want to be here for me right they're they're not wrong in the sense like oh my god like no this guy he needs a professional help i think you know you go through a breakup you go through something first persons you call are you know your homies your friends your people right like i get that Mm -hmm. but sometimes you might need a little more there might be more weighing down on you than you even realize and a friend, you know, can only listen and help so much, you know, mm-hmm. it, when you only need, I think an ear, yeah, friends are perfect, but sometimes right. you really need some advice that I mm-hmm. think, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And some people are energy vampires, like that also kind of a, a phrase that we've used, but some people, but we all can be it. Like you're mentioning at certain parts of our life, when we're going through something intense, we all can be. And so, yeah, we do need to find like the professional support and recognize when that is. The other thing that I will say about the energy thing that I really encourage people to do is if you have an energy vampire that you're not willing to end the relationship with, say it's your parent or a close friend, you can still hang out with them, but you should schedule out the time that as much time as you use to spend it as to recoup your energy afterwards. It's sort of like a tip that you leave at the end of a meal so that you can a, recognize the true cost of that relationship and B, recover some of that energy so that that energy you lost to that person isn't affecting over into your kids, into your partner, into whoever is important to you in your life. That makes a lot of sense. I love that. Awesome. No, as we kind of come to like the fourth quarter of this kind of conversation, those were my main kind of four and your profile, again, why I asked, and I do appreciate, you know, your time and really being on this show. Was there anything I missed that you felt like, you know, I missed and we should share? Definitely. We're going to give all your information out to everyone, but Helena, please, if there's anything I missed or a a different topic, we got to open up. I did just, I got all my questions out of the way and you were amazing at answering them. This is going to be an amazing podcast for our listeners. 
Not at all. The only thing I did want to say about the recovering, the putting the buffer of space after you kind of interact with someone who is an energy vampire is that there's no rules about how you use that. You can watch a show, you could take a walk, you can get in nature. The only rule that I have is like, you need to be giving yourself compliments the whole time. Like, good job. You're taking care of yourself. You're amazing. You know, pat yourself on the back. It sounds trite and weird, but it freaking works. Listen, here's one thing I say. If I asked you a question, who's your best friend? What would you say? Uh, My partner, Corey. Here's my thing. Respectfully, I'll disagree with you. Oh yeah, no, you're right. It's me. It's yourself. Yeah. You talk to yourself more. It's not crazy. It's not schizophrenic. You talk to yourself. Let's say what you're up 12 hours, 16 hours a day. You talk to yourself the entire time. I, the, the time you and I have been talking, you don't think I'm talking to myself as I'm listening to you. Like it's you talk to yourself constantly. So you are your own best friend. There's the exterior you that you, that, that kind of Absolutely. person facade. And then there is that thing inside of you that's just constantly talking to you, you know, and, and I don't think that's in a crazy, I don't say oh. that in a crazy way. You know, there's a meme like, I curse a little bit. I probably tell myself what the fuck like 30 times a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh So, and that's okay. Again, you do need other opinions. Don't get me wrong. But I have internal battles uh, with myself. Like, well, if I do this, this is the right thing to do, but then this will happen. So then, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I'm constantly like back and forth with myself. Now, fortunately, you have your partner. I have my wife. I, same thing. We all have our partners. We all have mm-hmm. family members. We do have best, most of us. And, and again, if you don't, again, all sympathy. And I, I get that certain situations are different. Maybe your family's not here. They're overseas. And I know a lot's going on in the world, especially right. today. But where I'm, what I'm getting at, and I don't mean to go down that rabbit hole, is don't neglect you know, your own advice. And why I'm saying all this is exactly to your point. That friend in you has got to also be that person be like, yo, you're the man, you're the woman, you're the person, you're the, you're whoever you can do this. You can get it done. Self-affirmation, I think doesn't happen enough. And I think self-doubt is a real thing. I tell my daughter this all the time. She's 14. And I'm like, you know, sometimes when you have a bad game, it wasn't lack of skill. It wasn't lack of effort. It was like, you didn't believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And if anyone struggles with this, there's Kristen Neff is an amazing researcher on self-compassion. She's done a lot of work. She has a lot of great tools out there. So yeah, check her workout because it'll change your life. If you struggle with meditating because you have like a really loud inner critic that's, you know, in your head, Kristen Neff's work is, is phenomenal. She has a workbook. People can do the exercises. It helps you connect the self-compassion piece with mindfulness and with supporting the world. So anyway, That, no, no, that, that's great. No, these are great referrals. And, and again, these are what these episodes are for, for our audience. And you just provided so much value to our community. So I, I, I can't thank you enough. Last words, but also part of the last words. I know we went through a lot. Please, if you don't mind saying the website one more time, I have it on your profile. We're going to include it in the bio, guys, but go ahead. Sure. Yeah, it's Sisu Journey, S-I-S-U-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. And that's the same on all the podcast uh, platforms if you want to subscribe to the podcast. And uh, just to let you know, if you like the SPACE acronym and you want to do more work, I do have a little mini course for $25 available on my website that can help support people through the process. If it's a little bit, it has worksheets and journal prompts and things to make you think about um, what's working for you. So just one. No. 
share that yeah. out as well. I went, no, I was just, it was funny because I was going to put it in your bio. So I, I saw the website. It's very, very navigationably great. You know what I mean? And um, all that stuff's there. So I, I love what you're doing. And, Thank you. Yeah, my daughter yeah. does my website. I'm very proud of it. If anyone needs her work, they can reach out to me as well. Yeah, no, awesome. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Wow, this was a great episode and, and we're going to have to get this out there to the community as soon as possible. So, all right, Lena, thank you so much. Thank you, Tommy. Goodbye, everyone.